Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Great Iron Blitz, right here on Blog Talk Radio. Oscar Lopez, your host. We're going to be talking pretty much everything going on in the WFA, WNFC, and we're going to be having great interviews today. We're going to have Adam Barrett, the head coach of the Nevada Storm. We're also going to be talking to uh, the talented Team USA and WFA champion Adrian Smith in about 45 minutes. And then we're going to dive into uh, Casey Dobson and um, Mark Simone, a.k.a. backseat coach, in the second hour. So we're going to have a jam-packed hour here for the uh, Great Iron Blitz 373. So tune in. We're going to get the Hall of Famer in here in a bit as well. Polly, how's it going today? I think she dropped off. So let's get her on right now in a second here. She should be coming back in. Uh, we're going to be talking everything that's happening in week three, week four, uh, in terms of the WFA, WNFC. Uh, we're also going to be diving into uh, NLFA Feminina. We're going to dive into um, the IWFA in Texas in the second hour. Um, also, the you know sad news that happened this week, unfortunately, um, the injury that happened between the Boston Renegades and the um, DC Divas matchup this past weekend for the fans on um, on FTF. So uh, that was a really uh, bad situation. Uh, we hear that D Scott is obviously in better, in better spirits. She's going through a couple surgeries. Um, if you guys want to support her, you can go to dscott4.com. That's going to get the link for her for a cash app um, a donation if you want to do that or a GoFundMe donation. And the last time I checked, I think we're over 18K for the donation. So let's bring in the Hall of Famer, Holly Custis, here to kind of chime in on that as well. Hey, Holly, how's it going today? Good, how are you? I'm doing good. Uh, I'm just talking about D. Scott and, and that severe injury that happened with the uh, broken leg, uh, fractured femur, and the uh, dislocated hip. Yeah, that, I think it's, um, I saw that and I think it's absolutely, you know, it's a terrible and unfortunate uh, event. Um, you know, anytime you play football, you know that uh, injury is a possibility and you know it's part of the game, but it does not make it easier anytime it happens. Um, and, you know, um, I understand that the Injury was uh, pretty traumatic, uh, but the, the good news is is that there's a lot of support. And, you know, um, I've seen, like you were talking about, uh, the GoFundMe going around. There's a lot of posts. And um, I saw that uh, uh, Ron Riviera uh, gave her a shout-out video. And so it seems like there's a lot of support there, which tells you a lot about the sport. Uh, and that, you know, when uh, one of us is injured like that, that we all come together no matter where we are in the country or on the planet or what team we play for or if we know her personally or not, but we all support each other. So, you know, good luck to, to Dee, and I hope that uh, she feels better, um, you know, as quickly as possible. I, I totally understand that it's probably going to, to be a journey, but um, I think, you know, she's uh, a really strong athlete and seems like um, she's a strong person. Um, so I, I definitely think that she she can uh, manage this challenge, uh, and I'm, I'm glad to see all the support. I think it's just going to be vital for her to, you know, stay positive. Like you said, it's going to be a long rehab. 
It's going to be several injury, uh, several surgeries, from my understanding. And of course, it, this is kind of not. I, I guess I'm not the same level of, of an Alex Smith, but if you had to equate it to the NFL, I guess this would be the closest, right? Yeah, I haven't seen the, the video of it, um, but it sounded from what people were saying like it, it was not a, a good um, situation, um, you know. And um, it, whenever I, I hear of people getting injured like this um, or anything else in, in somebody's personal life, it doesn't have to be football. I always try to reach out to them um, and, you know, uh, basically explain to them, you know, from my perspective and what I've gone through, the hardest part when you go through something traumatic like that is not necessarily the physical part, it's the emotional part. So mm-hmm. I understand that it may seem very simple that people are posting and supporting and, you know, helping you uh, with the medical bills and all that, but it's huge. It goes a long way because when you're an athlete, you're used to emotionally being in control of yourself and control of your body. And when you all of a sudden your body is not responding or cannot do what you want it to do, it's very traumatic. And so that is the part that I think um, I hope that everyone continues to support her throughout the journey um, uh, because that's that's the key. Um, In order to get, you know, through this, it's the emotional component that's really going to help. And unfortunately, uh, if, if, you know, first time listening to us or if you listen to us often, don't forget to subscribe on Apple and on Spotify as well. Uh, our podcast is powered by monkeyknife5.com, so you can go to monkeyknife 5 right now, uh, enter the code NJF. You can play uh, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, just put MMA, PGA, whatever you want to play. Props, really easy. Uh, you can uh, triple your money on a basic $5 play or $30 play or $100 play. So if you're really good at sports or intuition, you can make some quick dough on there. Um, Holly, it's just it's it, it's uh, one of those things where we didn't anticipate that, but to your point, you know, it comes with the sport. And uh, the good thing is that she is a cornerstone of the divas. Uh, divas take care of their of their own. Um, and I think it was up to eighteen thousand dollars in the last uh, what almost a day and a half. So uh, of a goal out of fifty. So I think that goal will be reached probably you know, within the week or two here. And uh, that's going to go a long way to help her because, you know, everybody does, whoever listens to it doesn't know, uh, no player in women's tackle football gets paid. Not like the NFL where the companies fit in the bill, the insurance companies fit in the bill for the player. Uh, But in in women's tackle football, that's not the case. No, and that's something that's really hard. You know, um, through my personal experience and every, like, uh, teammates and friends that I've known have gotten hurt, Even if you have insurance, and this might be a little, maybe a little foreign to people that might be outside uh, America, but even when you have insurance, there's still a cost, and that cost gets really expensive really quickly, and it starts, you know, with the surgeries themselves, hospital stays, um, you know, maybe any supplies they need to use, and then it continues with, with your rehab, and if she needs to go to a rehab facility or, you know, maybe later on uh, physical therapy, all that adds up. So even though you might have insurance, you still have a cost. Um, and then, you know, depending on what she does for a living, you know, she, maybe she's not able to, to work as much. Uh, it really just kind of depends on your personal situation. But those costs 
come up quickly and then they start to snowball. So this financial support and outpouring is really, really important. And, and I'm sure that she appreciates it because the last thing you want to worry about when you're trying to get healthy is the stress of thinking, oh, my gosh, how am I going to pay for all this? So uh, I think it's awesome that that the support is there. Yeah, and I think uh, it's going to be a, uh, a journey to your point, but financially uh, in the short term, it's a situation where she just needs to get the surgeries out of the way and then, um, you know, we'll right. end up figuring out the rest of the stuff with the rehab costs and things like that. That sometimes is way less because you're not in a hospital bed, like you said, on a daily compoundment. Once you get out of the surgery mode and into a rehab mode, you might go home, and that obviously is going to lessen the the money burden too because every time you stay in the hospital that I've, you know, like my wife has a chronic condition, every time you stay in the hospital, it's, it's thousands of dollars, right? So it's just easier to yeah. try to get the surgery done, get rehab, get get out of the hospital as quickly as you can and then get into a home state where you get some support and some, some help. And then it goes into hand in hand with that. So, um, so we wish D Scott, uh, a, a quick recovery, but uh, we know it's going to be a long journey, 24, 36 months, hopefully less than that. I know she's anticipating probably less than that because she's a warrior. Um, so we anticipate that as well. You went through it, Holly as well. So, you know, 18 months to takes a long time to, get back on your feet, but uh, we wish D. Scott a very, very um, good recovery and prayers to her to stay uh, positive, number one. Number two, optimistic, right? Because that's what you need, like you said, with the emotional state. Yes. Oh, definitely. And, and you know, one of the advantages, I guess, to being, um, you know, a high-caliber type of athlete is you're used to, to work. Um, so, like I said, the, the working hard part is not going to be a problem. It's, it's going to be, um, you know, making sure she checks in with herself emotionally throughout the process and, and staying as positive as possible and keeping positive people around her and that support. That's going to be the key for sure. All right. So, Holly, uh, we are going to be going into the Monkey Night Five Huddle and sponsored by Monkey Night Five. You can go to Monkey Night Five, uh, use the code NJF. And you can take advantage of daily props, uh, three times your money, anywhere from $15 to $30 to $300, depending on how intuitive you are. I play more or less. It's a quick format. You can make a couple dollars there every night, especially uh, with the NBA, which I love. So uh, you can go right in there and use the code NJF. We are going to go into the huddle right now, and we get the promo for Monkey Knife Fight, and then we are going to have the coach of the D3 champion, Nevada Storm, and they have started off their season really, really awesome. So I wanted to bring him in for a couple minutes because I know he's doing coaching and he's out, out uh, in training right now and getting the team ready for next week. So really appreciate his time. So let's go do, through the promo and then we'll the get the fastest uh, growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. All right. So let's go in and bring in Coach Adam Barrett here in the house to the Blitz. Coach How's Barrett, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? Great. Thanks for making the time. I know it's a, kind of a crunch mode in season, so I really appreciate you coming on, talking uh, Nevada Storm football. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. All right, Coach Barrett, uh, what is what is this uh, 2021? This is really good. Upgrade to D2. Here we are. So uh, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of uh, ecstatic about the beginning of the season here. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we got that D3 national title. 
uh, two years ago. Um, this is the last season that happened, and then we made the that we had to move up to D two, and we were really looking forward to that. And then, unfortunately, the twenty twenty season didn't get to happen. But um, you know, rolling into the twenty twenty one season, we were we were looking forward to the challenge, and you know, just really happy to be back on the field. Um, I think that was the the biggest thing for everybody just just finally getting to to kick the ball off for the first time and get back to get back to our our regular life that we wanted to have and, and playing again was great. Coach Barrett, um, can you tell us a little bit the of uh, the 2020 off season? A lot of teams, a lot of players, um, self commitment, you know, to weight training, to uh, position uh, position skill sets, things like that. Was that something that your team was doing as well? Yeah, a lot of our players, they, uh, you know, they, they, we have we have a handful of power lifters, some speed coaches, things like that on the team. So, so they were still doing their stuff on their own, even when we didn't have a season. Um, I, I coach a high school team here and we were doing things setting stuff up with them playing seven on seven flag football and and still being able to implement some of the stuff that we do um in our season and so it was real beneficial for us to be able to take advantage of that off season and and put together a little bit more things and and develop a few more weapons offensively and, and get some more get some more people involved all right um week one against sack sirens putting up almost 60 points wow that was a pretty impressive opening day uh, and when we start looking at the, you know, the whole scope of week one, and we're like, okay, Nevada just literally routed Sacramento, and Sacramento obviously coming back first-year team, and there's obviously some concerns there in terms of roster and things like that. But overall, uh, impressed with week one? Yeah. I mean, we came out fast, which, you know, was a good sign, um, taking the, the, the year off and then not really not really knowing how we would come out. It was nice to come out and get the opening kickoff ran back and make a good defensive stop and just got out fast in the first half. And we were able to use the second half to get some new players, some rookies, some experience, and, and get them running the ball and getting different people carrying the ball for us. Because, that's the, you know, you move deeper into the season, into the postseason, you're going to need those, you know, those two or three key carries by somebody that maybe is a uh, – not as a significant of a role on the team as, as normally would be, but you need those one to two to three carries a game by that person to be able to come in and do the job. And so it was good to get that, that experience out in that first game. All right. The battle of Nevada, which we witnessed this past uh, with uh, on uh, week two, and that was uh, pretty contested and you guys know each other very well. So that was a totally different ball game than week one, of course. Yeah, they did, you know, they, Devin did a good job down there in Vegas preparing for us. They've got a, a pretty physical team. They tackle well. They play hard. Um, we came out a little slow, and then we got ourselves back on track and and were able to get the win by just, you know, going back to, to what our identity is there in the second half and, and, and came out on top. So, you know, I was pleased with how we played, how we responded. Um, you know, you're not always going to get those, those big blowout wins. You're going to have to win some close ones if you want to. If you want to, you know, be a championship caliber team, you got to be able to win those one possession games. All right, coach, let's uh, get Holly in here to pitch you uh, and pick your brain on week two and the quick start here. Okay. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Good, good. Um, so I'm really, you know, pleased to see you guys get off to a really great start. Um, and the last couple of years, you guys have really had strong seasons. Uh, what do you attribute uh, your success uh, in those last couple of seasons to? Um, you know, we really, when 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 Coach Garza and I 
came on and and started coaching for the Nevada Storm, we we were both assistant coaches at first, and then whenever we, we he's the head coach and I'm the assistant head coach, and he calls the defense, I call the offense. We really just went back to basic fundamental hard nosed smash mouth football and and really using that as a as a as our identity and how we wanted to play the game and and also telling the players on the team you know we're not we're not necessarily thinking of you as women's football players but just as football players not men or women and so that's been our approach to it and I think the players have responded well to that you know with us thinking of them as simply football players not male or female football players and I think that's been real beneficial for our for our development and 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 our success. Right. That, that's awesome. I think that's really uh, key. Um, you know, uh, as female athletes, when we have coaches, whether the coaches are male or female, that are treating us like athletes and, and players, I think that's, that's awesome that you guys do that. Um, during the COVID time, uh, I know you had mentioned some of the uh, players were working out on their own. How did you guys stay connected as a team uh, when you weren't able to play? Um, you know, we use GroupMe to stay connected, and we have our Huddle account where I'm constantly putting things in our group chat on there. Um, but we did do, you know, we would the, the ones that wanted to come out and, and do drills and, and receiver stuff and play seven on seven and flag football. They they kept on doing that, and I, I think our I feel like our players do a good job of remaining in contact with one another. You know, with we don't really. It's it's more of a family atmosphere, and so they do a great job of of making it that way and 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 bonding, even when it, even when we're not in season. So, you know, it was kind of it was just a prolonged off season, really, is what we had. Right. <laughs> I, I think we all had that. Um, what has your favorite moment of this year been so far? I know we're pretty early in the season, but I'm curious to see. Um. You know, I'm pretty. Uh, I, I, I that the the downfall about myself is that I never give myself an opportunity to enjoy things. <laughs> as soon as the <laughs> clock ended in Sacramento, I was already trying to game plan for for Vegas. You know, even even two years ago when we won the championship against Orlando, it was like it was like how are we going to do this again the following season? You know, so I've never really maybe that's a, maybe that right. might be a good thing, a bad thing. I don't really know, but that's just kind of how I've always been as an athlete and as a coach. Um, so it's kind of hard for me to pinpoint my favorite moments. You know, they, they, there's a lot that sticks out to me. Um, right. You know, I not nearly just one, but just just seeing players deal with adversity. Probably, probably the Vegas game going into halftime tied, and you know, really having to look deep within ourselves and and go out and compete and, and pull ourselves back together to get that win was probably to this point probably the most exciting moment of this season. <laughs> Right. Awesome. And uh, what player has been a, or maybe players, have been a surprise for you this year? Has there been any rookies or any younger players that have uh, kind of broken out? Um, you know, we're, we try to, when, when you look at our statistics on hosted, you know, from the previous season, we're down the line, numerous ball carriers running the ball. So, you know, we, that's kind of how we try to be. Um, a rookie, Allison Lister, has stood out as a ball carrier for us. She comes in and plays some running back, and she starts on defense at linebacker for us, and she's just really taken, a, taken to the game, just kind of comes naturally to her. Um, 
J.J. Right. Sanchez, or she plays the offensive line and defensive line for us, and she's just a force down there on the line. I haven't seen many people be able to dominate an offensive or a defensive front, you know, quite quite the way that she does. Um, so right. you know, it's it's been nice to see the 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 vets and the rookies being able to come together and kind of gel that experience along with their the their youthfulness. You know, we've got a few nineteen, twenty, twenty one year olds, and it, it helps having that youthfulness out there with those thirty to thirty five year olds. Right. Yeah, no, that's really exciting. I love it when younger players start to it starts to click for them. Um, my uh, uh, final question for you is: What are your goals for this season? Are, are you are you going all in, trying trying to get to a, another title at, at this new level, or what are your expectations? Well, I mean, obviously, you're always trying to to come out and win the championship. Otherwise, what are you you know what are you doing it for? But you know, we're free. We're we stay focused week to week on what our job is that week. You know, right now we're focused on tonight's practice, and then after that we'll be focused on Thursday's practice, and then we'll be focused on coming in and executing against Cali this Saturday. And then once that's over, you know, we move week to week, and we try to keep our our expectations in the short term just so you don't, you know, you look too far ahead, you start overlooking things that are right in front of you. So we try to stay grounded that way and really focus on what's right in front of us. And then, you know, the byproduct of that is championships, postseasons, things like that. So, but yeah, for sure, we're, awesome. we're we're definitely looking for success, but but we're looking in the present first. Totally understandable. Well, I wish you guys the the best of luck. I've always thought you guys, you know, play the game the way it should be played, and I think uh, a lot of people respect your program. So, congratulations to the the success in the last couple of years, and I I hope to see you guys continue to win this year as well. Thank you. Thanks for having me, and and my prayers go out to D. Hope she has a speedy, speedy recovery. Coach Adam, uh, before you go, uh, yeah, Coach Adam, before you go, um, you're going to go up against uh, Chantel Wiggins this uh, this weekend. Um, yeah, and uh, pretty massive force. You've seen it before. This uh, Cali War. Yeah, so we have Chantel over there. They've got the uh, um, Samantha. I think that's her name. The one that played for the glory. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I've seen them on film, and they kind of rotate both of them. Um, you know, they're both good quarterbacks. They've got some good weapons offensively. Um, you know, I think we match up well against them. The last time we played them, uh, we 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 got beat twelve to six. We had some opportunities that we let slip away from us. Um, you know, I think we just nothing nothing real different. We just play within ourselves and do what we're capable of doing, and uh, you know, we'll be satisfied with the outcome. All right, Coach. Uh, rank number three nationwide, Division Two. So that's the reason we wanted to bring you on here and give you some shout-outs, and uh, especially with all the success you've had, like Holly says, in the last couple of years. So um, we wanted to just give our audience a perspective of what Nevada Storm football is all about. And you guys going up against the big dog in D1 this uh, this weekend. So uh, to your point, expectation is high, and, and you're looking for the win no matter what, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Our players look forward to this game. You know, they 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 like stepping up to the challenge. Um, they like playing up and just you know showing showing what they got. And I think this is a great opportunity for us to show, you know, to show what we got, to show what that team was two years ago when we had a season, and and put it on display come Saturday. All right, Coach uh, Barrett. Thank you very much for coming on. I really appreciate you making the time for us and uh, kind of spotlighting your program to the nation right now and to the world, of course. Uh, 
looking forward to this weekend, and I know it's going to be a classic battle, and you guys have always battled Cali War really tough, and I'm pretty sure they're expecting nothing less. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It'll be a good game. <laughs> Have a great evening. Thanks again for making the time. I really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. All right, Holly, there you go. Um wanted to bring him on this week because they're facing Cali War. <laughs> and they've faced Cali War, and the last time they faced Cali War is by 12 to 6. They've been one, probably one of a handful of teams that, could, that contain Cali War. Yeah, that should be a really interesting matchup. Um, you know, like we were talking about, uh, Nevada has steadily uh, found a lot of success the last couple of years. Um, they're, they're trying to break through on the Division Two level. And you also have Kelly War, who has historically been very tough. Um, and then, you know, you, you, you bring off the bench, um, you know, I, I guess, you know, I don't know where Sammy was the last couple of years, but you, you bring her back from somewhere, uh, back on the field, <laughs> one of the, the best players to, to a, ever play. I just a message and say, is this true, right? <laughs> that was a shocker. <laughs> I thought she was already on the When I heard it, I was like, oh. It was when I heard it, too, I was like, oh, it's like, um, it's really awesome, you know, because at first you're like, really? And then you're like, oh, that's really cool because, you know, she did a lot for the game, um, and she has, you know, leadership qualities. Um, not that Callie Ward didn't already have that, but then you add in her leadership qualities, and it just makes them even better. Um, so I think it's going to be a really interesting matchup because Callie Ward, you know, they they want to win a championship on the D1 level, and Nevada wants to, to you know, win one on the D2 level. So I think Nevada, this is going to be a, a definitely a measuring stick game. And then Cali will get a, a test as well. So I think this will be a great matchup. I'm, I'm interested to see the Massey ratings if the Storm somehow plays competitive because Massey's going to be somewhat friendly because of the uh, strength of schedule. So if uh, Coach Baird's team here does really, really well within a touchdown or two or that's also going to give them a leg up in D2 in terms of the playoff race. Oh, definitely. The way the, the Massey rankings, you know, operate, uh, there's a lot of, obviously, a lot of math involved. But if Nevada, even if they don't win, if they're able to stay competitive, that's going to really help them in the rankings. All right. So, Cali War, uh, Wiggins, you you had Wiggins already, and then you had Grisafi. <laughs> that's just like, what? <laughs> but, you know what I mean? It's like. Uh, shout out to our girl uh, Lanika Manning, our Nojo football athlete out there. She's killing it. Uh, great touchdown this past weekend. Uh, so she's going to be obviously up and amped for the Nevada Storm as well. And uh, we had uh, Lexi DeMeo and Lanika both playing in, uh, against each other this past weekend. So it was pretty cool for us as a brand. Kind of have both our athletes up at our QB against our and nice top-notch wide receivers. So that was pretty cool. Um, I don't know, uh, Holly. Uh, WNFC fixtures starting to, I would say, uh, between 6 and 10, it's starting to shift. And then we got a couple teams at the bottom shifting towards the top. So, uh, I mean, you guys are pretty much where you're at. I don't think your ranking's going to change much of anything. It's 1 and 2, and that's where it's been for the whole three, what, four weeks, going into four weeks here. So, um, San Diego. It's looking to be that team that's going to creep up a little bit. Uh, we talked about Ninji and, and the offseason and all that and how they were working really hard, and it's starting to show there in terms of San Diego. 
Um, are we disappointed in L.A. three weeks here? Um, I, I think, you know, uh, when it comes to L.A., I, I don't – disappointment might not be the right word. I think, you know, historically they've been very strong and consistent. Um, from what I understand, they might be dealing with some injuries, so it might not be, you know, fair to say disappointment, but I'm sure that mm-hmm. they um, would – say, you know, that they would want to obviously win more games and be in a better place. But sometimes even better teams have adversity that goes on through the season, and it might not be an accurate picture of their talent or how good they are. They just might be having a a really strange year. I definitely know, though, that on that team they have, um, you know, really uh, some good leadership and, and experience. So I think they might be facing adversity early, but I would not write write uh, write them off at all. I think any time you have a team with some of the experience that they have, um, it, it definitely pays off in the long run. So um, I definitely think they'll uh, start to bounce back. You know, hopefully in the next uh, week or so here. Yeah, that was a that was one of the things we kind of noticed at the beginning. Everybody was anticipating that they would come out uh, in a better state, but. To your point, maybe there is some roster issues that we're not aware of at this point or they're disclosing. But uh, a big 62 points by La Muerte. We know they were going to be good, but are you surprised they're this good? No, actually. Um, and I think the reason being is that I know um, several people on the team and I know their coaching staff. And, you know, um, what strikes me about them is their, their discipline. Um, and they have, you know, when you watch them play on offense and defense, they seem to have a natural flow. They have they have chemistry um, and they're disciplined, and and I think that really pays off. Um, they have some quick players on both sides of the ball, and so no, I I wasn't surprised. Um, I'm really you know happy that they're that they're doing so well so far. Um, and I think they're going to be, you know, a challenging team uh, at the end of the year here. I think that's the key. Uh, they brought in the international players, a couple international players. They ended up uh, bringing in a couple journey players that were able to, you know, uh, facilitate themselves over to, to for the season. Uh, that's all a boost there. I think that they just created some sort of a infusion there. Unfortunately, you know, uh, they they don't have uh, the COVID list COVID restrictions lifted yet. But if they if they had no COVID restrictions, we might be having a packed house out there, like two grand two thousand dollars. I mean, two thousand fans in the stands at this point, like they they used to pack before, and that would be a good sign for not themselves only, but the league itself too. Yeah, and that, that's a challenging thing, you know, for everybody this year, <laughs> because everywhere you play, it has different rules and restrictions and. And, you know, it's kind of week to week, and I know everybody, you know, on the planet is dealing with this, and and um, it seems like the restrictions are changing on a daily basis <laughs> in some places. So it's tough, but I, I definitely agree um, that they – I think we would have if, – if nobody had any restrictions, you would see a lot, of, a lot more fans, and I think that that team in particular has really good support as well. Yeah, uh, hopefully that's going to be the case where we change up a little bit um, and do that. Um, we had some other uh, other things that happen. If you go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash Grand Beauty, stay in the know in terms of what's happening in the sport. 
including uh, some flag news. Pretty awesome touchdown there uh, at the Mercedes-Benz as the, um, you know, Katie, uh, Katie Sowers and Liz Sowers won the NFL flag uh, showcase, uh, the inaugural NAIA uh, title. So that was pretty awesome. And that, that young lady, awesome catch. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, I saw uh, a little bit of information on that as well. And, and I just think it's really exciting um, to see the support um you know, uh, for flag, and and as we've stated before, the more avenues that we have, the more variation uh, and opportunities we have to play the game. No matter if it's tackle or flag or indoor, or outdoor, or eleven man or you know seven man, whatever the variation is, that that's better for all of us. So I'm really excited for that, and and I, I and I'm anxious to see uh, what they do next year with it too. All right, Holly, uh, your Falcons keep rolling. They went up against the Vegas. Uh, what, what's your perspective on the game? Oh, I thought, um, you know, Vegas came out, um, and Vegas is not a team that's, that's um, going to shy away from contact or shy away from the challenge. And, you know, I think offensively uh, we did some good things. Um, defensively we're, we're still working out some kinks, but I, I feel – very uh, confident in the people that we have. Um, and I think that as we get closer to the end of the year, that's going to work itself out. So I think for us, I think we're feeling good, but we're, we're never satisfied. And we're never thinking, oh, my gosh, this is it. We've made it. Every, every, that's one of the things I, I think I really like about this culture that I'm now in with, with Utah is there's always something to approve upon. If we're always studying, we're thinking, okay, let's try it this way, and we communicate well, and, and we don't back down from challenges when they happen. And So I think we're feeling good, but we want to get better, and we know we can get better. Vegas, a uh, big test for them, too, because that's what we talked about with the um, uh, last podcast when we had Kelly, uh, Carrie Walters here and uh, uh, Christy Acasio. They were they were anticipating a, a challenge and a kind of a measuring stick for them too, and I think you know this was a good outing for them in terms of against top level competition. They're ranked in the middle of the pack, so if they want to get better at this point, uh, their next challenge is Oregon, which is week one, and it's these Ravens are a totally different team than week one, so we'll see how they fare out with them. Yeah, yeah, um, uh, I think, uh, you know, Oregon is a, is a newer team, and they have players um, that I'm very, very familiar with because um, I'm from, you know, that area. And I think um, they have some talent and they have some experience, uh, but when you have a new team, sometimes it takes a minute to kind of figure out y- your direction and your scheme, and um, I think they, they have talent, um, um, but I, I think – you know, Oregon maybe needs to, to have a bounce back game this next game to, to really um, start to, to uh, feel like they're, they're going the right direction. I, I think they're strong. I just think they're, they're newer and trying to figure out their identity a little bit at times. Um, it was a good uh, bounce back win for Seattle, of course. Um, so, you know, I think we have, I, I really feel like, you know, in the last, difference between 2019 and 2021 it's more competitive now i feel like there are any teams that you can just you can't just think you're just going to show up and and run the table and they're not going to 
you know, fight back. I feel like we have the, the competition and the product as a whole has gotten better. Um, and so week to week, you know, you're looking at these games and each of these games matter um, because I think we have several teams that that can play. And so, you know, it, it, like the, the rankings, as you were saying, I think they're going to change a bit um, in the, the range that you were talking about week to week because I think there's several teams that are very competitive. Yeah, well, the only reason I bring it up for the rankings-wise is because Vegas has been hanging into the eighth position for two weeks in a row in terms of, you know, the coaching the mm-hmm. coaching's poll and our ranking poll. And so that's a steady steady maintaining, right, because everybody sees right. some sort of uh, stability and stable for them. They're not getting blown out, number one. They're not losing by more no. than, like, two touchdowns. Yeah. So that means they're staying competitive in every match, which is a good sign if they want to break the top five. Yeah, and and I really, uh, man, like when it comes to who's going to end up, you know, in the each individual conference um, playoffs, it's up in the air, in, in my opinion. I mean, I think you you um, obviously have, uh, you know, unless something crazy happens, you know, Texas is going to be challenged, but I, I think, um, you know, they they should be in the picture. Uh, but the the rest of it, I think, it's it's, it's going to be interesting. I think the next couple of weeks especially, I think, you know, a lot of us are probably, uh, uh, you know, I think I think all of us have Memorial Day weekend off. So that should be yeah. kind of like the, the you know, the halfway point of figuring out, okay, we have a bye week, let's take a breath, you know, get some people healthy, regroup. And I think that week after Memorial Day, you're going to start to see some really uh, awesome football because it's going to get really competitive. All right, uh, Holly, we already know, everybody knew K. Mitchell came in here, Tony Fuller came in here before the season started. They said Alabama would be on fire, and here we are. Alabama is on fire. Oh, yeah, and I'd like to point out that I also said that, (laughs) but – I, I, I think, you know, Alabama was already, you know, a solid team. And then they added in some really key veterans, um, you know, from the Atlanta area. And, you know, I, I think when you add in uh, younger talent with more experienced talent, then that is a really good combination. And I think they're, they're feeling confident and they, they feel like they know who they are. And so, you know, I think that they're, they're going to be a, a challenge down the stretch, and I think they're a playoff-level team, and um, I'm anxious to see uh, how far they can go. All right. Um, I'm interested in figuring out with Philly, uh, Alabama, we knew that they were going to – we knew coming in that they would probably be the two teams to compete against the Spartans. If you're, if you're in, you know, in Philly and you're in uh, – in Alabama, that's, that's got to give you, like you said, we're going down the stretch here, middle of the season. If you're into week five, week six, and you're in that competitive state in the top in the Atlantic, one of you is going to have to do the job, right, to t- take down the Spartans. Oh, yeah. You know, and I, and I think it's, um, you know, like I was saying before, it's, it's good for the sport and it's good for the league the more competition we have. So if you have – uh, a couple of teams uh, that um, you know can, can that can challenge Texas, then that's good for everybody. And so I'm, I think it's really exciting, and I'm anxious to see 
you know, um, uh, which of those two teams can, can kind of um, take that spot to, to, to try to challenge Texas. And, and I, I think it's going to be awesome to watch. All right, so we're battling for the number three spot this week, and that is Phantoms Fire, undefeated on both sides. This is it, Star Wright taking on Tony Fuller and company. Uh, this is probably the marquee game of the weekend. Oh, for sure. I think this, this particular game is one of those pivotal games in the, in the season. You know, you, you don't really necessarily control your schedule a, as much, and uh, – but when you have a game like this, this means a lot because, you know, both of those teams should be in the playoff picture anyway, and they, who knows, they may end up seeing each other again. But whoever gets this win has a clear advantage, uh, you know, for seeding and feeling comfortable and confident uh, the rest of the way. Um, so I think it should be an awesome matchup. And given the fact that the rankings matter in this league, the, the coaches poll, the rankings, that gets you to the playoff state and also with other factors. So to your point, yes, this is a key win. Uh, Philly has impressed the first couple weeks, but they still have issues with penalties and other things where Alabama has ha- had lesser concerns in there. So maybe the fire is the advantage here. So if we had a pick, are we going with Alabama because they're on they're on fire at this point or are we – you know, hope, hoping Philly kind of takes away all that stuff and starts focusing on that. Oh, that's a hard one. Um, I don't know. I feel like this is going to come down to who doesn't turn the ball over. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be one of those competitive games that whoever does not make the big mistake is going to come out on top. I could see this going either way. And, you know, um if Philly has had uh, some issues with, with penalties and stuff, some of that I think people forget is that every year you come in with a new rookie class, and and it depends on how big your rookie class is. Um, but that inexperience usually shows itself early in the year, and then as you play, and every game you play, those people are getting more comfortable, more experienced, and some of those mistakes will um, usually correct themselves. And so there, there might be some of that going on. We, we don't know. Um, but I definitely think it's going to be one of those games that whoever, you know, plays a cleaner game is going to come out on top. All right. So let's get the WFA uh, for the fans HQ preview by Brian Sweeney here before we go into our second uh, huddle interview with the uh, talented multi-champion Adrian Smith. So let's go and get Brian Sweeney's take on the Houston Dallas matchup that's coming up this week. Hey, football fans, Brian Sweeney, voice of the Women's Football Alliance National Championship game. And this week we will talk week four's game of the week when the Dallas Elite Mustangs welcome the Houston Energy on the road to Canton. WFA's championship weekend, July 23rd and 24th at the NFL Hall of Fame. Both teams play in the Midwest Division of the National Conference. Houston at 2-1 plays Division 2, and Dallas 1-1 plays in Division 1. These teams met twice in the 2019 season, with Houston winning both matches. Dallas ended that season with 4-4. Houston, six wins, two losses, including a loss to the Mile High Blaze in the playoffs. These teams are both featured twice this season on the Game of the Week. 
Houston played back in week two when they lost by one point to the Arlington Impact, and we will see Dallas again in week eight when they travel to Minnesota. I feel this game will be a lot closer than what we have seen from this matchup in the past, and you can watch it on For the Fans Network. Follow For the Fans HQ on Twitter and Instagram to find out where and how to watch the game. And remember to follow the Women's Football Alliance on all social media platforms. I'm Brian Sweeney, Mr. Announcer Guy, and I'll talk to you next week. All right, Holly, there it is, Clash. Uh, Is it a detriment for the Mustangs to lose here against Houston, or is this going to be Houston's very good? If they they win this week, and I'm anticipating the energy is always up for every game, so – they competitive against uh, Arlington. It was a really good, massive, close game. And so Houston on the rise here in terms of the standings. For Massey purposes, this would be a huge uplift for them if they take down the Mustang. Oh, definitely. You know, like we were, we were talking about earlier, um, uh, you know, the Massey rankings are very, very interesting because in the, in the WSA, you um, – uh, you may, in your regular season schedule, play teams of all the different divisions. Um, and so it, even if you play somebody in a, a different division than you, um, it still matters how you play them. So it still matters if you're competitive with somebody that's in a higher division, or it, it also can hurt you if you're playing in a, um, somebody from a lower division and you don't play well. Um, so, of course, every game uh, matters with those rankings, but I think it would be a huge, huge game for Houston um, to give them momentum going into the rest of the season to get this win. If they get this win, Holly, that means they, have, they would have beaten or they would have been competitive with two D1 teams, which speaks volumes, like to my point with the Massey stuff. So that right there will put right. them at a good state. So uh, Houston Energy – Dallas Elite Mustangs, and that's going to be for the fans. You can catch it on, uh, I believe it's on Uverse 1665, Fios 597, and you can get it on uh, DirecTV 623. So let's go into the next huddle here, and we're going to be talking to the talented Adrian Smith of the DC Diva. Expect greatness. Expect greatness from our preparation. The way we perform, to the way we stand, expect great. Expect it from yourself, expect it from your teammates, expect it from this team. We fall, we kill, we eat. Yes, sir. Hey, energy, emotion, play fast, play for each other. That's it. Let's go get it. Here we go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, Adrian Smith of the Boston Renegades, champion Boston Renegades, in the house. How's it going, Adrian? It's going well. How are you doing, Oscar? Doing great, young lady. Um, just wanted to bring you on to kind of recap week, the week three matchup, plus looking forward to Baltimore this week, and it's a huge, good start for you guys, in other words, for through the first three weeks. Yes, we're off to um, a, a raring start. Everyone's super excited, and we're just so happy to be back on the field after having had to miss the, uh, you know, the entire 2020 season due to the pandemic. Adrian, um, we didn't get to watch the whole game per se on FTF, but 
what can you tell us about the D. Scott injury that happened? Obviously, that everybody, it's, you know, it's been news all over the place here, and uh, the situation that happened there. Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a really just uh, tragic situation, and um, prayers out to to D. Scott and her family. Um, it happened in, I believe, the I think it was the third quarter of the game. Uh, she had the ball and was was being amazing as she normally is at the the running back uh, position, and just took um, a t- tough tackle and um, suffered a severe injury. Um, I don't know the exact specifics, but it definitely seems as if uh, she has uh, a dislocated hip and sustained some nerve damage. And as of now, she will have to stay in Boston uh, to recover. Uh, the doctors are staying for a few months. Um, I believe in prayer, so I'm praying that that recovery will be faster. And the Renegades organization, we are banding together uh, to help her and her family uh, as much as as much as possible. That's great news there. Um, it's just unfortunate. Uh, we know that these these kinds of things are bound to happen in the sport it doesn't happen often but it does at some point happen and uh she's been a talented athlete for so many years uh and you know just it just so happens right i mean you 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 know from firsthand you've you've been able to train up to an optimal level but anything can happen right and any game absolutely it is that the the tried and true any given sunday as much as you train as much as you prepare and keep your body in optimal condition sometimes things happen you you plant your foot to go left and end up going right and just things come out of joint or break and it's it's an unfortunate consequence um for this sport but one thing i would like to say is i I just love how we as a sisterhood are working to come together to support one of our own at the end of the day yes we're competitors uh but more than that we are a sisterhood. We are women who put our bodies on the line for this sport to do something that we love, but also to create a pathway for the younger generation coming behind us. And uh, Adrian, excited for the NFL flag. We saw the first showcase in Atlanta, uh, Liz Sowers and Katie Sowers uh, running the uh, Ottawa team. And a pretty exciting uh, event for to finish up the year for the NIA. So you're involved in flag on on the uh, other uh, and adventures that you have. So pretty exciting highlight for collegiate, uh, you know, playoffs. Absolutely. I mean, I could not be more excited about what the NAIA did this year. And shout out again to the NFL and Nike for supporting those efforts. And uh, I've been teammates with both Liz Sowers and Katie Sowers on the uh, national team, uh, women's tackle national team for both of them, and then uh, teammates with Liz on the U.S. women's national flag football team. And they are ultimate competitors and love the game, and I just applaud them for the program that they've put together uh, and coaching the Ottawa Braves to the first-ever championship. And I also have to give a special shout-out to my friend um, Claire Baudouin, who is from Canada. I've actually played with her up in Montreal, uh, who this is her first year competing um, in the NAIA, NAIA, being a player, going to an American university. So shout out to her. She was a, a star receiver and had some big plays during the championship game. Yeah, really exciting moment. Um, 
This is the future. Remember, we talked about it in previous podcasts. This is the wave. This is where the groundwork is going to be set. I mean, Jen Welter's out there doing her thing with the camps as well. So this is this is this is the next the next stage, I think, for a feeder system, a true feeder system for tackle as well. Uh, completely agree with you, and that's why it's so exciting. And yes, Jen has has definitely been making her mark in with her Gridiron Girls company doing clinics for girls around the country. And now that we have such a, a big push for girls' flag programs in high schools as well now at the collegiate level, I just cannot wait to see how that's going to affect the women's tackle game because we will now have girls who've been playing for years, organized football for years, even though it will be in the flag space, those skill sets and that football acumen can translate over to tackle as well. And a bigger thing that I'm super excited about is just the, you know, the – it looks like flag football will become an Olympic sport, and that's just going to take things yep. to a whole other level. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. That is going to be huge because that's something that we've been striving for for a long, long time. And to get on the IOC, mm-hmm. that's, that's a huge moment. You know, just, and that's a, kind of a starting point to get maybe tackle onto the world stage as well. But it might take a while for that you know, to come through. But, uh, yeah, really exciting. Um, I want to I want to kind of pick your brain on this. A lot of fans have been sending us messages, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on as well. Is is this uh, American football with the pro the pro level, which is a paid aspect of it that you're involved in? Is that correct? Right. So the AFFL, the American Flag Football League, uh, it's it's again. This is it's almost like this is an amazing year. 2021 is an amazing year for football in general, especially for women in football. Um, the AFFL is the first professional league in the history of mankind to put forth pay equity in regards to female and male athletes. So we had a qualifier for the AFFL tournament in Florida in the beginning of the month, so April 30th and from April 30th to May 1st. And then we have another qualifier occurring in New York on May 29th and May 30th. And what these qualifiers are doing is finding the best women's seven-on-seven football teams to ultimately win bids and to ultimately compete in August in the AFSL tournament where the top women's team and the top men's team will win $200,000. This has never been done before. It's absolutely tremendous. And I am encouraging, there's still time to sign up for the New York qualifier, but really to get the word out to women that this is real, it is happening, and we need to get the best female athletes out there. The tournament in August, the AFFL tournament in August, will be televised on the championship games. The women's championship game and the men's championship game will be televised on the CBS Sports Network, and it is going to be huge. We are putting women's flag football and men's flag football on the map at the professional level. This is exciting. How did you get involved with this, uh, Adrian? After everything, everything else that you do on top of this, uh, how did you get involved with this group to get, you know, I know you're in flag all the time. You, you obviously do flags as a normal too. Mm-hmm. Well, I had a contact through some other uh, business that I've done before 
who put me in touch with Jeff Lewis, the founder and CEO of the AFFL. That was back in 2019. So I had uh, met with Jeff, and you know, we were working towards putting together a women's division for the AFFL. At that point, it was supposed to launch in 2022, but like everyone else's grand plans, you know, COVID kind of put an end to that. So in about, I think it was around August or September of 2020, um, I reached out to Jeff again and I said, okay, what are we thinking for 2021? Is, is, are we moving forward? Do we think this can happen? And he said, yes, we had some more meetings and, and here we are. So I'm, I'm very happy to be working with uh, Jeff and also Michelle Roque to uh, create the inaugural women's division for the AFFL. All right, uh, Adrian. I'm going to have a high, uh, Holly break pick your brain here in a little bit before we let you go. So, mm-hmm. Holly, jump in. Hey, how's it going? It's going well, Holly. How are you? Good, good. Um, so glad to see you back on the field doing your thing. Um, and uh, so, you know, I know that COVID was a crazy time for everybody, and obviously, I, it sounds like you stayed very, very busy. Um, how do you feel like your team uh, stayed connected during the COVID time? That's a great question, Holly. And I'm, I'm just so proud of the Boston Renegades organization because we did a really good job in staying connected. And um, I want to say the foundation for that, something that really was an impetus for our connection, was the Black Lives Matter uh, movement and just really coming together to discuss race to discuss uh, social issues. And so we had Zoom meetings all throughout 2020. We had Zoom meetings, I want to say every three weeks, every three weeks, every three or four weeks, where we would talk about uh, issues. We would talk about uh, race relations. We would discuss uh, books such as White Fragility. Uh, In addition to having Zoom, you know, reviewing film, et cetera. So it really kind of created a, a, a new depth to the camaraderie that we already had. And I think it's definitely right. showing, showing up. The results are evident in, in our performance these past two weeks on the field. That's really awesome to hear. You know, I think this year, the last year was stressful for everybody. And so, you know, to be able to, to use um, the adversity and the stress and try to use it in a constructive and positive way I, I can mm-hmm. see that definitely uh, benefiting you guys on the field. That's awesome. Um, I know it's been a, a short year so far, um, but what is your favorite moment of this season so far? <laughs> um, I think my favorite moments, plural, have been seeing the rookies who, because of COVID, have had to stay rookies <laughs> for like a year and a half. Right. Seeing them when they finally got into the game this season. So, you know, we have, we have women who've been wanting to play, who've been training since January of 2020. We were practicing, you know, indoors, and then COVID hit, and then everything stopped. And so their dreams of, of getting on the field have, have been on hold for so long. So I think that's my favorite moment so far is just seeing the rookies from, from last year finally getting on the field this year. I totally understand that. Um, is there any particular rookie or rookies that you think have really surprised you and, and broken out so far? 
Well, I want to say I'm going to shout out uh, Katie Falkowski because she's one of the rookies from January of, of 2020. Um, she got on the field uh, this past Saturday against D.C. and just went off like a rocket. She plays running back, and I was just really impressed with um, her speed and her ability to read uh, read holes, see the holes, and, like, wait for her blockers. And then I want to shout out another rookie. Like, this is a true rookie from 2020, 2021, this year, um, Mariette. Like she's she's never played. This is someone who's never. She told me she's never seen a football game before. Like and just never wow. seen it. She played soccer uh, her whole life, and her natural instincts are incredible, both on offense and defense. Right. So I'm very excited as, as to what she's going to do uh, throughout the rest of her football career. Well, that's exciting. I, I love it when you have uh, people like that that just work really hard, and, and it starts to click for them. That's really cool. Uh, what do you think is the, the key to um, uh, beating Baltimore? Uh, what do you think the keys are there? We just have to play Renegades football. That's just it. It, it really comes down to we've got, you know, practice. To, we've practiced with tonight. We have our um, offensive and defensive Zoom meetings tomorrow. We'll be practicing again on Thursday. It really comes down to – as players, just us executing the game plan that our coaches are going to be putting together. So I can't give you, like, right. X's and O's in terms of what needs to happen, but I just know as long as we play Boston Renegades football, we should come out triumphant. Okay, awesome. Um, and my final question for you is how are the, the Blitz cards doing? Ah, uh, Blitz Camp, yes, it is. Things are progressing. Thank you so much uh, for, for asking and for always supporting, um, I'm about to have a commercial. My first Blitz Champs commercial drops soon. I just uh, reviewed the proof uh, earlier today, so that should be airing on some Comcast systems in the Northeast, hopefully in the next few weeks. But we are making tremendous progress, and um, I should be having some really, really good news that I can divulge in the, in the coming months soon. Well, that's awesome. I, I just think that uh, your work there is really, really cool because you're, you're connecting your love of football with, you know, helping kids at the same time and, and getting uh, them started early, you know, understanding and loving football too. So I think that's really cool. Um, but I wish you guys the, the best of luck for the rest of the season. I'm glad you're, you're back out on the field doing your thing, and, uh, and uh, I, I hope you guys have a lot of success this year. Thank you so much, Holly. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Back to you, Oscar. All right, Holly. Thank you. Uh, Adrian, uh, always informative, always insightful, and we always a, a pleasure to talk to you. And uh, continued success, especially with Bliss Champs. I know it's a great game. We got it a while back. You can get it on Amazon. It's very. It's like under 20 bucks, right? With saying if you have Prime, yes, correct. Right next day, so it's pretty awesome. Um, well, wanted to just bring you on just to kind of give us a recap of Renegades, uh, big victory week three against the Divas. You guys get to face them, uh, I believe, another on another couple. Uh, what on the twenty or June June fifth, it will be Boston DC right. once again. So looking forward to that rematch once again. So thanks for coming in. I really really appreciate it making the time. I know you're all busy and all that, but I really thank you. Always for you. I have time. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. 
Thanks, Adrian. Stay, stay safe. Will do. You as well. All right, guys. Uh, Adrian Smith of the champion, multi-time champion, Boston Renegades. And Holly, uh, I, what, what can you say? Always on the go. This girl's got so much energy. Always on the go. I think she left me. Did she leave me? <laughs> okay. She dropped off. Uh, so Adrian Smith, world-class athlete, talented entrepreneur. And on top of that, um, if you haven't picked up her game, Blitz Champs, you can pick it up at Amazon. Uh, we'll get the link on our podcast. Um, I'll put it up there after this. But other than that, she's awesome. And she's also going to be the pioneer of getting uh, AFFL uh, players uh, on the flag site to get paid. So it's a really interesting venture she's got going on. And uh, we kind of applaud her. Not en- enough applause for her. She's always on the go. She's making ends road. Uh, on top of her regular season, she's always doing her thing off the field as well and making an impact. And if you haven't caught uh, catched her on the uh, world stage, uh, you can always catch her on the world stage as well on flag or tackle. So very, very awesome athlete. I always appreciate her time. All right, we're going to go into the second uh, second hour. We're going to dive into WFA, WNFC. We're going to break down week three preview week four and who better to do it with than two of the amazing uh individuals that are covering both sports and that is mark simone and the talented casey dobson uh covers the w uh, wnfc for global women's sports radio and uh casey uh want to introduce the fans to unbenched so you can tell us a little bit about that Absolutely. Um, Thank you so much for asking. So Unbenched is a sport media platform that I started back in August, and we are an all-women team, so girls do everything over there. We've got two podcasts going, so we've got the Unbenched podcast, we've got Ballbusters, which is your sports news show, we do articles covering every sport under the sun, both men's and women's, and we're just all about getting out there, making a name for ourselves in this industry that we want to be in. And it's it's been a wild ride so far, but it's been so much fun to get to work on it. Well, I kind of checked out some of the apparel, too. So you guys got a, an apparel line as well, so just like we do as well. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about the apparel line and the inspiration behind that? So we started our merch store at the beginning of this year, really just as a way to kind of get the image out there, get our name out there. Um, we really believe in the message that we stand behind, which is speak sports like a girl. And that's something that we thought we could bring to the sport media apparel industry. It's not something there often, you know, that, that speaking sports like a girl can be a little bit of an insult. So we're here to reclaim it. And what better way to do that than to put it on a t-shirt. Awesome. Um, can you give us the handle? I know on Twitter, it's unbenched on Twitter. Is it on, is the same on Instagram and all the other sites? Yeah, so Twitter and Instagram, you can find us at unbenched with an underscore at the end. Um, And those are the only two sites we're on for now. We're also on LinkedIn if you want to connect with us there, which is a lot less fun, but such is the life of a professional. Um, And then our website is just unbenched sports. Awesome. So check her out. Um, Check out all the good stuff that she's doing, including contributing to spotlighting the WNFC uh, via Global Women's Sports Radio. So uh, Casey, we talked about it with Holly here uh, last hour, but uh, pretty exciting week three in the WNFC. So let's start there, and then we'll kind of dive into the WFA with Mark as well. So, uh, And, Mark, we can chime in if you want to as well. I'm surprised that uh, Florida and Carolina was, was kind of like a 
a duel to the duels. Uh, Florida came off that one week not so strong. Carolina's been tested against Philly back-to-back weeks. So uh, kind of heartbreaker to see Carolina lose by one. Yeah, definitely seeing the final score in this game. I was pretty surprised, um, not only that Florida came out on top, but that the game was so close. I'm sure Carolina was happy to see a team that wasn't the Philly Phantoms uh, after that back-to-back situation. But, I mean, hey, good for Florida for coming out there in their second game and really riding the ship and turning things around pretty quickly. And I think for Carolina, um, the focus now going forward is just get that win no matter how. Um, it doesn't have to be pretty. You just got to come out on top at some point. Yeah, that was one of the things that we we were looking at, um, that we were looking at the uh, at the matchup, and we're like, okay, Florida, not so good, and then Carolina really tested. Uh, just unfortunate. Um, I don't know if it has to do with the rostering as well, but what a, what a great clash in terms of the – I haven't got a chance to see it because obviously it's not uploaded on Vire yet for the week three, but as soon as it comes on, it's probably one of the games I'm going to watch. It's probably – tough defensive game as it's as the scoring would say um i don't let's go uh, surprised uh casey surprised that la muerte is uh just on the up and up because holly's not surprised she's saying they they work for this they're they're doing their thing and they put up 62 points on la and i know la's struggling i don't know if there's it's, it's injuries or what but they're showing this year has not been as great as in 2019 but la muerte wow yeah i don't think I would say I'm surprised by the fact that they just get better week after week. I think that's a program that has kind of been destined for this little bit of a breakthrough. Um, am I surprised at the final score of this game? Absolutely. I really didn't think LA was vulnerable enough to let up 62 points, but I really think at the end of the day, that's a testament to La Muerte's defense um, keeping LA on the board only for eight, but also just the way that that offense can roll play after play, series after series. They they showed no signs of lining up, which I think is really fun to see, especially in the women's game. I think a lot of the times we're kind of told, like, okay, like don't run up the score. But, I mean, hey, you're, all eyes are on you. You're, you're a program that's been up and coming for a while now. I'm By all means, if you can go out there and score touchdowns, then score touchdowns. Mark, are you shocked? This is kind of renegades football in Las Cruces right now. Through the couple well, of let, weeks let me tell you, um, when I was tra- I was tracking the games, uh, the the last time I had checked in on that score, I I think, you know, La Muerte might have only had like it must have been early in the game. Like they only had like 14 points on the board, I think, or, or like a you know two score lead, something like that. And then I later on I checked the game and I saw this really big number and I, I was, I was surprised. Um, um, you're right. I mean, this, this is the type of number that, you know, very good teams put up. And so I can only, de- you know, deduce that La Muerte is, is pretty strong. It'll be very interesting to see, um, how they stack up in their future matchups. They don't, don't think they play next week, but, um, uh, I think we said earlier, you know, that, that this was definitely a team to watch. Um, we also characterize this as a must-win for the Bobcats, and yep. they're looking at a pretty tough season now. Oh, yeah. Casey, uh, the, the addition of the international uh, athletes that they brought on in the offseason and then a couple journey uh, players 
from other teams, you know, uh, I think from Wisconsin and all these other players, they wanted to come and play for La Muerte. I really think that just made them uh, elevate themselves to another level, and that's where we're at now, and that's what their output's showing so well. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's something that you, you kind of touched on is the players that are playing for this team now, they want to be here, and they are putting in the work to be there. And I think you can tell that by the way they play. They all have a swagger and a pride about wearing that jersey, which I think makes it so much fun to watch, but it's also really inspiring to watch for young girls around the country that want to get into this sport to see that this is a possibility for you to put up big scores, for you to go out there and make big plays. Um, and I'm just, I'm really excited about what they do, and they face Utah next, so they don't play next week, but in week five they're going up against the all-powerful Utah Falcons, and I'm really, really excited to see uh, what that matchup leads to. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm. I circled that at the beginning because I anticipated they were going to be competitive, but I didn't think they were going to be this competitive. So to your point, yeah, that's going to be the game we got to really watch on. Um, I really think if you know COVID restrictions, if they were lifted, uh, we'd probably have a packed house in Las Cruces, and that would be the, that would be awesome for the WNFC to pack out like 2,000 at that stadium, oh, which they've done before. So that would that would have been a great moment if we didn't have these restrictions in place. That would have been great. Yeah, I hope um, hopefully by the end of the season they can get at least uh, one game in with fans because I think that would be an absolutely incredible atmosphere. And if they're putting up these numbers in an empty house, I don't want to know what this team is able to do if they've got a full house of energy behind them. Oh, yeah. And the whole state would go nuts. This is the team. And you put it on a national stage with the National League. Uh, like I told uh, Odessa, this could be the team you you know that puts – the league on the map, considering uh, if the attendance is opened up and everything else, they, they got consistent loyal fans there. So not that the, any other market doesn't, but in Las Cruces, it's, it's, uh, it's pride, you know what I mean? They, they take to another level. Absolutely, and I think that's so encouraging to see that the possibility is there. And I think, obviously, when you, you're looking at teams that kind of are competing within their city or within their state with you know, some bigger like men's national teams, like it's understandable that they're not there yet, but the way that the state and the city have adopted this team as their own and everyone seems to, to bleed La Muerte blue um, is really, really encouraging for the future of the WNFC. All right. Um, That's definitely the mark of a, a very well-run organization, I think. So, um, you know, to, to, to have that kind of support from the community, um, it, it just says a lot about the direction of the program, and it, it tells you how far they they could take it. You know, um, they're they're definitely well established now, and you know, so congratulations and, and kudos to um, everybody who worked so hard just to start that program, keep it going, and just just build on it. They've done a great job there. And we got to make a note of it. This was a D3 WFA team now competing almost at the highest level. So that's even more impressive. Definitely. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the Avalos there, uh, Coach Billy and Candace, they've done a tremendous job in terms of the ownership there to do it. Um, What do we say, uh, uh, Casey, what do we say of San Diego? San Diego uh, offseason on IG, putting in the work, coming in here. Uh, Nenji Martin, Katie Ott, they will—they want nothing less than a championship, right? They want nothing less to compete for the title, and 
It looks like uh, San Diego's revving to go. I mean, uh, when you put up 49 points and don't allow any, it's it's hard to argue with the fact that you're you're on the right track. You're doing something right. Um, I know they were flexing those Instagram workouts pretty hard during the off season, and it's nice to see that they're paying off. And you know, this wasn't a team that was all talk. They're they're really here to play ball. Um, I haven't seen this game yet, but I'd be interested to know kind of the balance between how strong was San Diego versus how weak was Phoenix. Um, I think Phoenix has kind of yet to find their footing this season. Um, so, I mean, when you're facing a team that's as well run as the rebellion, it's kind of hard to, to do that. And I think we see that with the, the donut that's on the board reflected there, but uh, yeah, no, the San Diego team is, is not a team that anyone should be, you know, overly excited to have to play against. Uh, Mark, uh, they're going up against L.A. L.A. is either roster issues, injuries, I don't know what's going on there, but if they get this rivalry Southern Cal win, that puts uh, the, uh, the Rebellion at a, you know, they're already in top five conversation. That really puts them as uh, one of the number two in the Pacific, in my eyes. Oh, I, I absolutely agree. I mean, I, I would go so far as to say right now that they're they're number two in the Pacific. Um, just based on uh, their performances so far. And, you know, they have veteran talent, too, unlike um, a, a lot of um, other teams. And, you know, Nenji Martin is she's, – she's been around a long time. She, she's running a, a, a crack outfit, and um, they're, they're taking care of business. Um, and they're coming for Utah. That's, that's, that's what they want to do. Um, they're they're definitely looking very strong. Casey, you think uh, Rebellion? Uh, this is this is a game where they see blood, given LA's uh, two struggles, two week struggles. They they see this. It, okay, this is this is a, a statement game for them to make the win and a Southern Cal rivalry up on the on the uh, LA market team. Absolutely, I think. Also, with this game, I mean, LA is looking like a wounded animal right now. So while San Diego can definitely look at this game as, you know, one where they can establish themselves. I think for them to go in there and get anything less than a really large margin of victory, like would probably be considered a disappointment, just given kind of the trajectory that we've seen both these teams on. So as much as I think, yeah, it'll be a a statement win. I think it's, it's kind of one that is to be expected at this point when you look at, when you look at both these clubs. All right, uh, let's, Casey. Let's talk ATL. ATL beginning of the uh, they against so Prodigy uh, struggled, uh, and, and it was a big defensive game. Now they go uh, and take care of business against the Prodigy in the second go round. They're in that situation now, given Philly and Alabama are are so good right now. Um, I don't know if this is a defensive minded team that they're going to have to, you know, play a lot better in terms of offense going down the stretch because of the fact that Philly and Alabama are so explosive. Yeah, I think with Atlanta, like, as much as putting up three touchdowns is great against a team like Washington, I don't think 21 points is going to cut it when, you, when you're facing, you know, the Phantoms and the Fire. It's just those, those are high-octane offenses, and defense, you know, doesn't seem to be, like, as much of a priority in those games, which is what makes it so much fun to watch. We love seeing those scores get up, up, and up. Um, but I think for Atlanta, like they're going to need to find another gear if they want to compete with Philadelphia and Alabama. Mark, uh, you feel the same way? You feel uh, ATL's got to step up their offensive end of it, especially if they're going to face those two? 
Well, I mean, you definitely have to score points to win a game. But I, I would say defense is is key. I, I feel like while, you know, Philadelphia and Alabama do ha- haven't put up, like, big offensive numbers, if you've got a strong enough defense to hold them down, then 21 might be enough to 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 get a win. I would say it's borderline. I'd like to see 28 points on the board to beat either one of these teams if you have a strong defense. But um, um, I think the defense – it is key, and I kind of like yeah, I, all I the, you know all the, the Washington and Atlanta split. I I, I like Washington's defense a, a, a bit better, but we'll have to see. We also get I mean we get treated next week to this matchup between Philadelphia and Alabama. I know you're going to get to it, but that is an exciting matchup. Yeah, um, Casey, let's talk about that since we're already on it. Uh, Philly struggled with penalties week one, week two. Uh, hasn't gone. Offensively going that much, Alabama seems to offensively be okay. Defensively, they're starting to, you know, gel a little bit better. Um, talked to Tony Fuller and Kay Mitchell, and they were ready for this season when, you know, pre- even before the season started. And they said this, we're gonna, they want to make a mark basically up against the Spartans. So two and zero against two and zero. This is this going to be the deciding kind of matchup where it separates them in, in terms of who's going to take on the Spartans. Oh, absolutely. I think whoever comes out of this game on top is definitely in the best position to match up against Texas. I don't know if there's anyone in this league right now that I would put up against Texas and expect to win, except maybe Utah, Um, but, you know, different conferences. But uh, it'll be interesting to see if Philly can stop shooting themselves in the foot in terms of penalties, because I think that's really what's stopping their game from hitting that next level. And as far as Alabama goes, like you said, they're finding their footing defensively. And I think having that week off and having some good film to watch Philly's all about is definitely going to help them kind of prepare. And I'm, I'm excited. I feel like this game is going to go one of two ways. It's either going to be a scorcher and we're going to have like two like scores in the forties, or we're going to be like separated by a point and it's going to be like 12 to 13 again. Yeah. Mark, uh, what's your sentiment on the, the scoring aspect of it. I mean, they're both high-power offenses, but this could be a defensive game to Casey's point. It, it could be. I agree with her. It could go could go either way. And she brings up a good point about, um, you know, Philadelphia needing to sort of be more disciplined and control their, their penalties because you don't want to help the Alabama fire when you don't have to, like, um, that they definitely have have to – keep the penalties under control um, and there and play their game if, if, if they can. Um, I kind of, I kind of see Alabama um, coming out on top in a game that is more on the high scoring end. Yeah. I, I really think that that's going to be a key as to what the matchup is. And, and Philly has a lot more questions marked than uh, the fire does. So we will see, you get the article at the hub, uh, spotlighting the fire and the early success that they've had so far. So you can go to facebook.com forward slash great iron beauties, get the article right there. Um, Casey, uh, Houston against the glory Houston, uh, gets that big win against Nebraska so far. Nebraska has not been very good. So what do we say of that win and, and the glory we knew going against Texas, they weren't able, they're not going to be able to win, but they weren't even competitive. So this, um, based on scoring, of course. Yeah, I think 
this game is really exciting because it's two teams that when they played Nebraska looked fantastic and they go up against Texas and they look lost beyond belief. So I think there's a little, there's not a little bit, there's a lot of pride at stake here. You don't want to, if you're Kansas city, you don't want to go and have two really ugly losses, you know, two weeks or two games in a row, especially after you looked so strong to start this season. And if you're Houston, you know, you want to stay relevant and you, you don't want Texas to be getting all the love, especially when you guys are in the same state. So I'm, I'm excited. I, I anticipate this being a very chippy game and, you know, a little bit of extra fireworks between whistles. Mark, if Houston pulls this victory over Kansas City, they're up in the rankings. They're moving up in that uh, 10, you know, up to the top 20 now. Uh, I mean, uh, below the, the middle of the pack, in other words. And if they they pull up this win against Kansas City, questions about Kansas City than we would about Houston, or are we, like, surprised that Houston's going to do so well? I mean, the outcome basically is going to be, like, to Casey's point, which one of these teams is really going to stand out? They're both one and one. They've, they've both played Texas and they didn't come out really good. So, um, you know, who do you think is going to, you know, get the win, in other words? Well, I, you know – I, I think Kansas City will come out with the victory, but to your point, you know, if they don't, then we'll have a lot of questions because, you know, the, the pedigree of the team is is solid. It, it it seems like they should be successful coming out of the gates. So um, I feel like they're going to perform well in this game against Houston. Um, we'll just have to see what happens. All right. Casey, let's talk about your Majestics. Uh, we all, even last week I said, okay, maybe they're not going to be as good and maybe, you know, because of the game against the, the Rebellion. But uh, Oregon impressed the week before against L.A. And then now it, w- it was a pretty close matchup to the but then they pull away. So, uh, you know, I had a shout-out to Seattle for pulling away in the second half. I... I'm not surprised at that result. The The work that this team has been putting in, I think, is is really kind of you, you saw that play out on the field. And I really do believe that that Rebellion game was a lot closer. And, I mean, you know, there was a whole issue with the lights going off and the game ending early, you know, as Seattle were finding their stride in that week one matchup. But uh, seeing them against Oregon, it was really the offense that they wanted to run was, was clicking finally. Hero found her footing completed some absolute bombs on a rope uh, to some of our receivers. I think they were also helped by the fact that they were playing at home. So they had a lot more of their players. We saw Kyla Hall for the first time and she impressed with two touchdowns. And I do think there's no um, understating the fact that Oregon kind of had their best player go down and Siobhan Verdry. She went down in the first half. And I definitely think, you know, that doesn't do you any favors. Uh, when you're playing against a team like the Majestics that have people that can hurt you kind of all over the field as opposed to having one main kind of standout. But uh, I wasn't surprised at all to see them, you know, flying a little bit higher this week. Yeah, um, Mark, Oregon uh, started to pick up the pace, but it does hurt when you have uh, your running back and linebacker down. Uh, and her performance in the previous week was, uh, you know, honored by the Pacific uh, Play of the Week, Player of the Week. So, yeah, that's, that's going to hurt, uh, to Casey's point. Oh, a- absolutely. Um, and um, when, you're, when you're Seattle and you, you get, come off to Schneid and you, you get that win under, under your, your belt, I mean, that's good. That's really great for this team. I, I think 
they're going to stabilize. I, I don't think, you know, in, in those losses, we didn't quite see, you know, the majestics that we're used to seeing. But I think now that they have this victory, um, they're going to stabilize. And I, I think we're going to see, you know, a more consistent um, um, team than, than we have seen. I don't know if they'll win all their games on the, all, all the way out, but um, I think we're definitely going to see better things from them going forward. All right, Casey, uh, Utah, Las Vegas. We talked to Las Vegas uh, players, Kerry Walters and Christy Acasio, on our last podcast. They were just uh, anticipating where, what level are they at against Utah, the test. Um, I think it's pretty impressive. They put up almost 30 points. They hold them to 54, uh, which is probably – you know, what you will hold them to anyways, uh, you know, under 40 is usually <laughs> what you want. But um, I guess uh, Las Vegas, in terms of rankings, they're in the middle. They haven't changed. They haven't gone up. They're eighth through, uh, what, two and a half weeks. So if you're Vegas, I guess that outcome wasn't so bad in terms of, uh, you know, improvement and things like that. But they did put up almost 30 points. Yeah, I think the fact that they're able to put up 24 on this Utah team should be taken as a win I don't think unless you're Texas you can go into a matchup against Utah and think that you're going to come out on top I'm sure if you're Vegas you would have loved to have seen that Utah score be a little bit lower um, even in the 40s but you know that just gives them something to work on and I've been really impressed with what this Vegas team has put out we saw them kind of stun the Ravens in in that week one matchup which I think caught Oregon off guard with how how high-flying this this team came out as, and I'm excited to see what they do down the line, and I know there's a matchup with Seattle looming, and I think that's going to be a really good game, but in terms of what, they, what they've what they got going forward, they're playing Oregon again next week for that rematch, and I there's definitely going to be uh, you know some pride at stake for Oregon, and if you're Vegas, you got to just keep doing what you're doing, because it's been working as, as well as can be expected so far. All right, uh, Mark, uh, we got Phoenix, Denver, both winless. So Phoenix uh, coming off that uh, loss, the shutout against San Diego. Uh, Denver uh, struggled with Utah. Um, so who do you think is coming out here and gets the first win of the season for them? Well, I, I'm going on limited information, but, I mean, at least with Denver, when they played Utah, they, they started out with, um, you know, some some – good moves and some, some fortunate football as it were. So I'm going to go with Denver on this one, just kind of a shot in the dark. Um, but, you know, Denver's also been around for, um, I think at least one year longer than Phoenix has. Right. So yeah. they, they've, I think they've got more of a foundation here. So I would go with Denver. Casey, uh, you think prowlers have an opportunity here or do you think Denver really needs to look at themselves and go, we got to get this win. We got to get on the, on the board here, especially in the Pacific. Yeah. I think if you're Denver, there's no excuse to come out of this game with a loss. You, this really is a must win, um, which is odd to say, you know, in week four of a season, but um, this is a Prowlers team that, you know, they're, they're finding their way and they're finding who they are in this league. And I don't think there's any shame in that, but if you're Denver, you know, like Mark was saying, you've been around a little bit longer you know the drill, you know what you got to do, and they really do need to come out with a win, and I think they will. I think they're going to have that chip on their shoulder of trying to show the new kids, you know, the way in this league. So I, I think Denver will come out with it. I just 
I can see it being close. I can see Phoenix kind of having enough of, you know, the zeros on the board. It's a must win, I think, for both to just get a win. For Phoenix, it would be a nice win for them, you know, to put on their hat. Denver cannot go 0-3 because that would not be good for them. Um, Casey, we're looking at Washington, Carolina. Do, do you think the Queens get their first win against the Prodigy? I think they I think they do. I think this is a team that's due for a win. They've been playing some really good football. I think they, you know, they got unlucky against Philly that that first week. Um and they've they've continuously gotten better and they've gotten more solid and I think they're they're really gelling as a team and it's just it just feels like it's their time to to finally get a win. Mark, uh, I would hate to have 0 and 4 for the Queens at this point. Um but it does seem like it's a situation where maybe the prodigy will pull that off. But, I mean, uh, it, would not, it would be nice to see the Queens get at least a win. Yeah, I mean, I think when you're a fan of the game, um, as we have been for a long time, you really hate to see teams go winless, you know. Um, we want to, we, we're always cheering for teams uh, to play good football and to get that win because you know how good that feels, right? Um, I don't think it's going to happen for the Carolina Queens this week, but, you know, one thing I like as much as being right is being proven wrong. So if you can prove me wrong, um, I'll be psyched for the Carolina Queens. Casey, uh, is Atlanta-Philadelphia the game, the upset game, in other words? is the Will the Avengers take down, the, uh, given the Phoenix's good win against the prodigy uh do you think this is a must win for for atlanta to not sway off and start trending upwards especially with alabama and philly uh in that in that uh, conference yeah i mean i think this game is really interesting because you've got florida who i don't really think anyone knows who they are at this point they came out in their first game and looked you know very lackadaisical for lack of a better word but then last week they, you know, they're able to muscle out a win. And if you're Atlanta, it's, you know, it's time to, to start getting things going in the right direction. I would say in terms of establishing an identity, this would be a must win for both teams. Florida really wants to show that last week like wasn't a fluke and they are able to win a game hopefully by more than a point. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see how this one plays out, depending on which Florida team shows up. But uh, I have faith in Atlanta being able to pull this off. All right. Uh, Mark, uh, should we even say the Nighthawks have a shot at the Spartans at this point? (laughs) Well, you know, they say any given Saturday, right? Um, We'll probably have to wait many, many, many Saturdays before we see that happen. Um, Casey, what do you think? I think if you're Nebraska – if you can just get something on the board, that should be considered a win on the season. And if you can limit Texas to under 70, I would. That's, wow. That's the benchmark that I would be shooting for. Yeah. Wow. I mean, the way I, the way I look at it, I, you know, I, I think if the Nighthawks can stop Texas from scoring on, on one possession – just get somehow stop them from moving up the field, and then they have to 
turn over the ball on downs or, or kick the ball or something like that. Like that would be, that would definitely be something that you can build on. And on the other side of the ball, get a first down, get, you know, how many first downs can you get against the top team in the league? Um, when, you know, when you're a team like Nebraska, um, you know, you've got to use those building blocks. It's, 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 it's almost hard to put it in, in um, terms of scoring, like how much you score, would that be a, a win? Or, or if you can hold them to how many points, um, I, I think it's a bit more um, rudimentary than that, more, more along the basic, basics of just executing some good football during the game. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, our co-host, uh, Mackenzie Brooks, is on the Nighthawks. Good luck, Mackenzie. Have a great game. But I don't think the end result is going to be in her favor, uh, given Destiny Jarborough, uh, Dazia Green. I mean, do I want to name the roster? Because every time I name the roster, it makes me feel bad because I'm like, man, that's an all-star team right there. Oh, absolutely. I think Texas at this point is just, you know, they're playing on video game mode in this league. Absolutely. And it's, it's just a question of, like, how try and do better than their last opponent is, is really what I think teams should be looking at. You can, if you can find a way to slow them down at all, then I would, I would take that and I would, you know, build on it from there. And you got to have a short-term memory after you play the Spartans. Yeah, definitely. Short term is the great advice, <laughs> for sure. Uh, t- tell that to Casey Glory, <laughs> who, t- who thought they were going to come in and and do their thing. Um, all right, uh, let's talk WFA right now. Uh, uh, horrible injury. D. Scott um, gets the fracture, broken leg, the femur, and the uh, the the hip dislocation uh, mark against the uh, the Boston Renegades. Um, just an unfortunate situation, but uh, you know everybody's rallied around her. Got GoFundMe. I think it's almost close to 20k, so she should she be able to get some funds to get get on that mode for recovery. So it's an unfortunate, but it's part of the sport. Unfortunately, it is, and uh, unfortunately, it's not the first time that I've, you know, uh, seen a, a player get injured uh, badly that way, and um, you know, have to be uh, taken to the hospital uh, by an ambulance and. Uh, it is very unfortunate. If any of your listeners uh, want to help uh, D. Scott, um, if they go to my Twitter at Backseat Coach, my pin tweet uh, can bring you to the GoFundMe if you want to make a monetary donation to go toward her recovery. Um, it's been uh, it's been great to see um, so many people respond really to 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 that fundraiser um you know when you have a player like like her who is multidimensional uh you know a threat in so many ways she's just so good and she's a competitor um everybody wants everybody wants to help so um i i hope they do and um i've seen a lot of my friends on the renegades um uh donate to to the fund and some of our, our fans are are more well-known fans in the renegades uh, community have donated too. So, um, you know, join them if you have the means. 
Casey, uh, it's an unfortunate situation that they happened, but, uh, you know, to Mark's point here, uh, we just got to help out. We know these uh, ladies don't get paid. So when this uh, something like this happens, it's just so uh, devastating emotionally, but financially too. I don't know if that they, I think uh, Casey left us or dropped off. I think she left us. Um, so Mark, yeah, no, it's, it's just a bad situation yeah. right now. Um, but I mean, I, to, I, your, I, yeah, to your point, I mean, she, you know, she's not going to be able to work for months. You know, that's, Oh yeah. That's, that's a that's a huge hurdle, and um, so Rich Daniel, the uh, the owner of the uh, the DV, Divas, had set up set up that fundraiser, and um, but she faces a long road um, to recovery, and um, you know we don't right now we just, we don't know what her prognosis is, but I, I think everybody's you know, obviously everybody's wishing her um, the the best of luck and. Hopefully she can um, um, have some lucky circumstances as she, you know, goes through surgery and stuff like that. Yeah, it's going to be one of those situations where um, it's just going to be support. That's just the bottom line. And so I'm I'm glad that uh, she's seen that everywhere, and I'm pretty sure she knows that she's, uh, you know, loved and that we're giving her as much love as we can in, in terms of finances and everything else to help her out. Um, and so in the end, it's going to be a long road to Holly's point, but it's going to be one of those things where I, I hope she appreciates the fact that, you know, we care about her as much just on the field as off the field. So, Absolutely, absolutely. And um, I hope later, you know, in the weeks to come, we'll be able to um, have some updates on, on how she is doing. Um, it's, it, you know, it's also tough to, to not be in your hometown um, you know, she's in a hospital in Boston, and she's not going anywhere anytime soon. So, so she's, you know, probably feeling a bit like a stranger in a strange land. And uh, in these times of, you know, what's going on with coronavirus, although it's dissipating, the, the rules of visiting the hospital are, are very different. You know, I think you know my instinct as, um, I just you know, someone who admires uh, such a great player is to, you know, at some point go try and go to the hospital and visit and just introduce myself and, uh, you know, because it must be really hard to kind of be on your own there. But we can't do that because, you know, hospitals aren't letting uh, visitors in, at least um, not kind of random stranger visitors like me. (laughs) Right. But we know it's it's good. Uh, we got it started. Uh, Cash App as well. You can go to dscott4.com. That will take you to the link for the Cash App uh, option if you have that. Or fund me, as you mentioned before. Go to Adbaxi Ad Coach. Right there, you can link it up as well. You can go to Great Iron Beauty on Twitter as well. You can go to the Facebook uh, page on our uh, page at Great Iron Beauties as well, and you get the links right there as well. You can go to DC Divas Football plus the WFA women's football alliance on all their social sites as well so uh we we wish d scott a awesome recovery and a slow positive journey as it's going to take for a little while but uh, we're looking forward to seeing her back on the sidelines at some point in the next uh, 12 18 months because i think it's going to take at least that long but knowing hers it's probably going to take shorter because i know she's uh, she's always one of those people that put in a lot of time um mark 
let's uh, let's go through the the matchups here. This um, I don't have my uh, my schedule up there, but I do see the matchup coming up for the fans. Let's uh, and we had Brian Sweeney already give us the preview for that. So it's going to be Houston against the Dallas Elite Mustangs. Uh, key matchup here for them. Do you think uh, it's going to? Do you think it's a must win for Dallas here? Houston, I know how good they're playing. Um, so if if Dallas falls, this is crucial for them. D one, they got to stay into the win column. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, with where they are in the Masseys as well, they're they're running dead last in uh, Division One. Uh, they really need a win, um, and it doesn't matter if who the opponent is. You know, if it's a D two opponent or a D three opponent, like uh, they they need that victory. Um, unfortunately, uh, Houston Energy is going to be a tough team for them to beat. Um, you know, they did they. I think they played Arlington, right? We'll see the outcome of that. Sorry, I'm wiping yeah, through my yes here. They're playing at uh, in, at Dallas. Yeah, right. So I think that's going to be a, a tough game for. Um, the elite Mustangs to win. I'm leaning toward the energy on this one because um, they certainly the energy doesn't want to doesn't want to lose any ground and they want to um, keep whatever momentum they have in in trying to get to the the D2 uh, conference title game in the West. Yeah, no, they they have to do that. Um, the last weekend's games are running around here. Uh, Detroit. Uh, 9-0 against Derby, and we, we I told knew you that, that was, was going to be happen. an interesting game. Yeah, you said it was going to um, be a, a defensive matchup, and you're right; it came out that defensive matchup. I I know that you know the Dynamite. They always play it tough, and um, in the end, the Dark Angels, who also play physical football, you know, they came out on top, nine to zero. You know, we're talking about a, a you know the presumptive favorite of the uh, Division Two in the Dark Angels. And um, so I'm I'm impressed with the performance of of the Dynamite in playing such a, a close game. At a halftime, I think it was two to nothing. I think it was a safety. Um, and, um, of course, Detroit pulls it out, and they're the type of team – they don't care if they win by one or if they win by twenty. It's like it's a it's a victory, and they achieve their objective, and then they move on to the next thing, uh, which is I think a, a really good thing about that team. Um, they it doesn't really matter to them how they get it done as long as they got it done. But I think I, it's impressive win dynamite's performance. You know, it shows that they are a force to contend with in D3. No, it's impressive when, uh, no matter what, uh, like you said, it was a great matchup. And I think this puts them, in terms of Massey ratings, they would put Derby right there in, at a higher ranking because of that because of that loss, if I'm correct. Uh, let me look it over here. Derby is, I think, at number one, from what I checked, in terms of Division Division 3. And they would be That's Music right. City. That's right. That's what I understand, which, too. Which we are going to get that we're going to get number one and number three in Division Three next week. That's going to be pretty awesome. Right. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I mean that that will definitely um, be one to watch. You know, I, I mean this, I mean that might be the matchup of the week. To be honest with you, that's not going to be the one that's on uh, on TV. But as far as um, the immediate impact of this game, um, in terms of you know playoff placement, the 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 Massey ratings, just the record, like the Misfits against the Dynamite. That's that's the game next week. Um, there's one other game that rivals it, and I'm sure we'll talk about that one later. Um, but I, yeah, I'm very very intrigued by this by this matchup. Uh, we'll see if the well, Misfits can. Right now, they they've impressed enough to where if this is the we we talked about all the teams in D3. There's so many teams in D3, but when you get when you break it down by the numbers and with Massey, uh, you're getting number one against number three early in the season. So I'm pretty sure Music City's looking forward to it. Derby coming off that 9-0 loss to Detroit, probably looking forward to it. So, yes, a very key matchup. Then we got Boston-Baltimore. Boston coming off that big win against uh, the D.C. Divas. They go on the road to Baltimore. Um, should be a big test for Baltimore, as they did against the Divas. Hopefully they can keep it under 30 points against the Renegades. And then you have out west, Cali War, Nevada Storm. I'm really looking forward to it. We just talked to Coach Adam Barrett here in the first hour, and he's looking forward to that big challenge. He faced them in 2009, and I think it was 12 to 6. So no stranger right. to the Cali War. So this is a, a game that we got to watch as well. Absolutely, and that was that was the other matchup I was referring to. That's uh, that's that's a pretty big matchup because, you know, Nevada is looking very, very strong. Um, as you mentioned before, they, they gave some trouble to Cali a couple years ago. Um, so this will definitely be a good litmus test for both of those teams, I think. Unfortunately, they're going up against Grisoffi and Wiggins. So <laughs> that's the Can only you choose just one? Just, yeah, not just one, two. <laughs> No, you have uh, to be clear beforehand, no. Um, dang it, Grisoffi. <laughs> I don't think Coach Barrett was looking for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, every, every year, every year, uh, you know, players move around and migrate, and um, sure. sometimes they, you know, you're surprised <laughs> when they're like, oh, I didn't know you played for this team. Um, I, you know, I, th- I think it's good. I mean, I think it's, it's good that, you know, Sammy's – back it creates a lot of excitement um for the game and um she seems into it um i haven't seen any i haven't seen any um footage yet from any of uh cali wars games so um i remain curious into seeing what that looks like yeah it's going to be interesting matchup uh that's the probably besides boston and baltimore derby music uh there's a, a bunch of matchups there's the uh colorado clash uh, Rocky Mountain Thundercats taking on Maha Blaze. You got the um, Capital Pioneers taking on CF No Leopards. Pioneers uh, looking for wins here up in a row. You have uh, Columbus against Capital City. You have OKC t- taking on Tulsa. Uh, the rematch, Orlando Inferno. So we'll see how uh, recovered Orlando was from their week one matchup. And then we have 
the Battle of Florida, up north Florida, the coastline battle there, that's Jack, uh, Jacks against Miami. Yes. Um, that, I, I expect that game, Miami and Jacksonville, to be a pretty close game. Um, this past week, uh, Tampa Bay played Miami and just put the screws to them. It was 58-0. to zero. And that's, that's the biggest margin of victory that Tampa Bay has had over Miami in, I don't know how long, it's years maybe. Um, it's always been sort of very close. So the fact that Tampa Bay just really opened up this huge victory over Miami after dominating Orlando, it's very clear that, you know, Tampa Bay is, is – the, the class of, of the of the Florida um, contingent of the league. Um, and you know what? I, I've been thinking about the playoffs a little bit and how Tampa Bay might stack up. We haven't seen any brackets yet, so um, I don't know well, if the bracket... Burmy is going to be breaking it down this week from what I'm told. So we'll we'll wait to see for Burmese breakdown and see where it's at, but it's going to be interesting great, because but with only three teams the Inferno, in the, Inferno the is national really making that statement in D one on the East Coast to your point, and they uh, they if they beat Orlando again, it's going to be pretty interesting for the East Coast because they're pretty much the standout besides Boston and DC. Right, and I mean those are the three teams in in D one on the on the eastern side of the country. So my question in regards to the playoffs is, you know, is Tampa Bay going to get an opportunity to to play into the uh, the conference championship? Um, right now, it's looking like it would be against D.C. Um, if we can, um, you know, just on the basis of Boston's uh, victory over the D last week. Um, so, but you never know. This is where the things like, you know. The Massey ratings, you know, will Tampa Bay get to leap, you know, get to get ahead of the Divas in the Massey ratings? Possibly not because they don't play any teams outside of California. If this were not like a, you know, a COVID-shortened season, I'm pretty sure we would have seen Tampa Bay travel to um, to D.C. this year. They traveled to Boston oh, yeah. in 2019. So I would have expected that they would have that game. And you can see why that game would be important, right, um, right. in terms of the playoffs. But we don't get it. So um, things might just fall to the Massey ratings. And, um, um, I, you know, I hope Tampa Bay gets a, a fair shot uh, at um, advancing the playoffs here. Yeah, no, I think that's going to be the case. we got a couple minutes here, about four minutes, so – Let's break it down here for the fans. You're going to get the the matchup this week. Dallas taking on Houston Energy. Houston's always playing really good ball, uh, so you get to watch it there on Direct TV 623, 597 on Files, 1665 on Uverse. You can go to the Women's Football Alliance uh, IG at WFA Football as well on Twitter, or you can go directly to WFAProFootball.com, WNFC WNFCFootball.com. You can get the Week Three recaps via the uh, Vire Network app. So you go right there, you get the link as well. Uh, if you missed anything that I just said, you go to the hub at 
facebook.com forward slash Grand Beauties. Get the lowdown right there on everything that's happening in the sport. So, Mark, uh, really good show. So, uh, today we had Coach Adam Barrett of the Nevada Storm coming here in uh, the first hour. We have the talented and, you already know, all-world wide receiver Adrian Smith uh, came in here to give us the lowdown on the Boston D.C. Um, recap. Then we have the talented uh, Casey Dobson giving us a breakdown for the WNFC. Make sure you follow her at Unbenched uh, on Twitter as well and all her handles. And you can get her uh, handles right there at Gridiron Beauty on Twitter as well. And then yourself with great insights on the WFA. So really good two-hour jam-packed show of the Blitz. So couldn't expect anything less. And week four is going to be nothing less of a conversation as we go into coming back next week for 374. I certainly hope so, and I look forward to it. All right, Mark. Thank you again for coming in. Really appreciate it. Uh, we are looking forward to the clashes this week. We reviewed it. So replay our podcast. You can subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, on iHeart, and any other flavor, favorite platform that you have. And don't forget, don't forget, here we go. Is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Sight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. And don't forget, you go to Monkey Night Fight, use code NJF to get started today, more or less. That's my favorite platform, NBA, Major League Baseball, everything else right there, Monkey Night Fight. So, Mark, thanks again for coming in. Really, really appreciate it. Looking forward to next week's matchups. Looking forward to the matchup of Cali War against Nevada against uh, Adam, uh, Coach Adam Barrett's uh, Nevada Storm. It'll be a great one. We'll see you next week. Thanks. Have a great night. The worst. Expect greatness. Expect greatness. From our preparation to the way we perform to the way we shine. Expect greatness. Expect it from yourself. Expect it from your teammates. Expect it from this team. We fall. We kill. We eat. Yes, sir. Hey, energy, emotion. Play fast. Play for each other. That's it. Let's go get it. Here we go. Four, two, three, four, 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 four,